Welcome to Fresh Perspective, a podcast presented by Recycling Today. Fresh Perspective features young professionals in the scrap and recycling industry, offering insights from the next generation of industry leaders. Guests share their stories of what led them to the scrap industry and new ideas on industry trends. Tune in here stories from scrap processors, traders, operators, and more who are starting to lead in this space. Fresh Perspective is beginning an ongoing dialogue with future executives of the industry. Hi, my name is Megan Smalley, and I'm with Recycling Today magazine. Welcome to the Fresh Perspective podcast. I'm here today with George Strom, who is the Vice President of Municipal Services at LRS, which is a large hauler and recycler headquartered in Wharton Grove, Illinois. George started in that position last year, but before that, he worked for nearly nine years at Roy Strom Company in Illinois, which is a family company. So thanks for coming on the show today, George. How are things going? Great, great. Thank you so much for having me. So I guess to get things started, how did you get your start in the waste and recycling industry? Was it just through joining your family company about 10 years ago? And what were you doing if you had any experience outside of the industry before that? Yeah, so really great, great question. You know, my family's company was started in 1944 by my great grandfather and uh, Roy Strom. And so as a young person, it was always something that was just kind of around and in the background, you know, it was always something uh, for the dinner conversations and just all around us all the time, you know. So as a young person, I was always around the business. Um, we also had an excavating business through Roy Strom as well. So whether I was at the garbage side or uh, the excavating side of the business, I always was there as a young person. So really my first actual paycheck, I think, was in eighth grade um, when I started in the back of the truck, just picking up actually in our neighborhood that we lived in. I'd have the driver pick me up every uh, every Monday uh, at, at the corner at 6 a.m. and I would do that in the summer. So that was really my first introduction to the waste business back in oh, so some time ago, I guess. <laughs> And George, did you ever work outside of the waste and recycling industry or excavating as well? Because obviously that was part of Roy Strom. Um, and what was that like not working for a family company? One of the big things was, you know, knowing or feeling as if I always wanted to work for the family's business. Um, my dad said, hey, listen, you know, you got to go to college. You got to get a degree. It'll help you so much as a business leader in the future. And then as it got closer to graduation, he said, you know, probably would be a great idea for you to get some outside experience from not just working in the company. So besides like, you know, sometime as like a little baseball umpire and all those stuff like that, I actually got a job for CH Robinson, one of the largest like third party logistics provider in the country. I worked in their intermodal division for uh, just about two years, a little over two years. And then at that point, you know, I thought I had some good experience and I went back to, to working for the family. So that was just such an interesting like experience for me, because if you think about the waste industry, it's, you know, really logistics 101, you know, picking up something point A to point B. And so that experience, I thought really was a help uh, for me when I came back into the industry. And tell me a little bit about your time with Roy Strong Company for those nine years or so. You know, it's a family business. You were fourth generation owner of the business. You know, what were you doing in your time there when you were working there full time? Absolutely. So the interesting part of it is, you know, we, we had about, um, depending on the season, because construction is so, you know, your employment population really depends upon how busy you are. Uh, whereas in the in the garbage, or the waste business, I always felt like it was kind of like, you know, very stable. 
So if the construction side was struggling or the excavation side was struggling, you always had that cash flow from the waste side that would make sure everything was okay. Um, so my day-to-day -day operational roles were ensuring that our operations team was getting everything picked up. We had about eight municipal contracts, you know, probably 15 uh, commercial routes and about 10 roll-off vehicles. You know, so, and then we had our own MSW transfer station, a recycling sorting facility, and a yard waste facility. So kind of making sure all those things were, were working properly. I also oversaw all the municipal relationships that we did have. Um, so just making sure that those municipalities were happy, you know, we serviced them properly. And then obviously on the excavating side, I just was working with our VP of excavating and making sure that all the kind of the, like the yearly goals were, were being hit. Got it. Now, I guess overall in your time in the industry, what are some lessons that you've learned since coming in a little bit over a decade ago? Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that I always really think a lot about is the customer service side of things. I mean, supporting the customer and making sure that they're happy is the number one thing that, that I can push for our company. You know, now being with LRS, I feel like they, they share the same values that Roy Strom did, which is, you know, if you take care of the customer, whether that be through, you know, timely collection, you know, the proper invoicing, good, clear communication, you know, there's a, there's a lot of other things too to that. But I just always felt like if we provide the service and a fair price, the customers will really care about you as much as they know you care about them. So, you know, with Strom, you know, I knew a lot of the customers and they knew that if they had an issue, they could get a hold of somebody at our company rather quickly and be taken care of. So that was like my biggest lesson was like when I knew that we weren't taking care of somebody, you know, it led for them to be upset. And if they're upset, you know, it's going to make everybody's life worse. And as a customer of, like of myself, you know, and I'm a customer at some place. You know, and I have a bad experience, I remember the bad experiences more times than I do the positive, you know. And so I really wanted to make sure everything that we do, we always think of the customer first. Um, because if you do that, they will take care of you, they will give you their loyalty over the long term. And it's such a relationship driven business. I always want to make sure that, that the customer knows that we care about them above all else. Did you have any like industry mentors who kind of taught you that lesson? Or was that just through experience that you learned that lesson? That's a good question. You know, it's so interesting as a young person being involved in the waste industry. It's so such a young age, you know, when, when I was like in eighth grade starting in that business and then, you know, throughout high school, I actually worked in, in a sales role, you know, and then uh, early on in college, I was working in sales and, you know, it was really challenging at first because I'm like, you know, I don't, I feel uncomfortable going into these places, meeting people. And then um, the sales manager who's still with LRS today, Chuck Borsima, his dad had a waste business growing up, you know, and it's in his blood. And I look to him a lot for guidance and, you know, sitting down in his office and explaining the problems that I'm having and him giving me tips on, you know, using these index card system and how to figure out your leads. Because a lot of this stuff, we didn't have like the sales force back then, you know, we didn't have good, you know, customer leads systems that maybe large corporations do and one of the biggest things i always noticed about him was his relationships with his customers they run so deep you know they trust him they know they can call him he's always there for them and i always felt like you know if i can just if i could do that 
you know, they're going to trust me. And then they'll think of me as their advocate, even though I'm kind of, you know, customer, uh, they're, they're a customer of mine, you know? So I really look to him, even to this day, we have conversations probably every other day or so of just, you know, how things are going. And, and it's just been a huge help for me because over time, you know, after college and coming out of CH Robinson, it was a different relationship that we had, you know, where we were almost on the same level, if you will. You know, so it went from me learning from him a ton, and now we learn from each other, I think, which is really a healthy relationship. So what was it like when LRS acquired Roy Strom Company about a year ago now? How has that merger process been going for the business? And what's it been like combining these two cultures together? Yeah, so, you know, I can tell you from a fourth generation family member of a company that's been around for so long, I would be not truthful if I didn't say thinking about selling the company was a very, very, very tough decision. You know, I can tell you I met with a lot of different waste haulers, a lot of different size waste haulers that would be the ones that were looking to acquire the business, you know, and my, and my dad was you know, really wanted to be able to retire and not have to worry about anything. So we, we agreed, you know, after some time that it was in our best interest to basically, you know, sell to a, a company. And after meeting with some of the other companies that, that just were like, you know, we, we appreciate what you guys have done and that's all we need from you. I felt like I'm only, you know, there, I was 35 at the time and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to not be in this business anymore. I really want to stay on board, you know, and, I really want to bring the Strom mentality into another organization. And the second I talked with Alan Hanley, the CEO of Lake of LRS, you know, he was like the most um, great, gracious person. He was so welcoming, welcomed everybody at Strom, you know, and he was like, listen, you know, you can have all the opportunity in this, in the world at this company. And we want you and all your people here. And to hear him say that he didn't not only want to take me with, but wanted to take all the people that I care about just as much as my own family, it meant the world to me, you know, so obviously in any like massive change like that, there's going to be road bumps, you know, of just integrating and all that stuff, which I think no matter the company that's going to happen. But I got to say, you know, the relationship now that I have at LRS, I used to say I bleed like Roy Strom red, you know, our garbage truck red. And now I bleed LRS blue. I'm not, I, I couldn't be happier to be at this company. Awesome. Yeah, that's good to hear. And you don't always hear about that with merger acquisition stories. So in this last year you've been with LRS, can you tell me a little bit about what that's been like? What is the company culture like at LRS? Like, are there any differences from being with Roy Strom? And what is your new role with the company like compared to what you were doing before? Over the past year, obviously, there's a there was a bit of a learning curve, you know, going from you know, 50 to 100 person company, depending on the year, uh, year and the season to, you know, we were at, I think, uh, 1100 or so when I came on. And now we're up to um, almost 2000, you know. And so internally, your thoughts are, you know, will I fit in? Will, will this work out? You know, I'm a little nervous. And for, really from day one, you know, it was like, hey, we want to have you help us integrating your company. So I spent a couple months, you know, really blending the routes together with the operations team making sure that we realized those kind of synergies that we were looking to get out of the uh, merger, you know, and then, and then after kind of that was all finished up, it made a lot of sense to work with Josh Connell, who was one of the founders of Lakeshore, you know, who has been just a tremendous leader at this organization and in this industry. 
So getting to partner with him for the past, you know, six to nine months, I mean, really 12 months, technically from day one, he was one of the most gracious people to work with and, and just realize, you know, we had an opening for someone that really knew the municipal uh, division well and was able to kind of say, Hey, you know, I can, I can help provide kind of uh, the strategy that we need to, to grow. It's also interesting too, because over the past three, four months, I've been uh, helping in the uh, HR department as an interim HR our, um, uh, people development person. And that's been so interesting too. I didn't have a lot of experience in HR before, but I got to say being able to have this opportunity in HR was so eye-opening and has been so eye-opening because, you know, I think, as a small business uh, owner, uh, you know, you, you deal with all these issues all the time, but you don't realize that there's actually someone that normally does this all the time, you know? And so being able to see now LRS from a lot of different um, different ways and different perspectives has been so eye-opening and actually I think will be a massive help for myself and the organization over the long term. Awesome. And is there anything new and exciting happening at LRS this new year here? that you'd be able to speak to? Yeah, you know, I think from a from a broad kind of uh, answer, I guess, it's so interesting as we enter new markets. I mean, I think we were in two states uh, at the start of last year and at the end of, uh, you know, 2021, we were in nine states. So if you think about, you know, the opportunity that is at our, you know, at our doorstep now, we can reach so many more people and if you think about kind of the LRS's um, business uh, model, which is trying to be progressive in the waste diversion space, it's such a great opportunity for us to be able to see how we can, you know, provide another um, opportunity for people that are like, hey, I don't want to throw everything in the landfill. You know, I, I want to figure out a different way to get rid of my waste. And, you know, we, we have a, a state-of-the-art robotics um recycling sorting center in Heartland at our Heartland facility, where we actually have like a robot that sorts out some of the recycling material. So hopefully we can bring more of that kind of uh, state of the art technology to some of these new markets and really continue to be a, d- a disruptor in the marketplace. Got it. And so you said that uh, LRS went from just having a presence in two states to now nine states. You know, what's that been like? That's That seems like a lot of growth in a single year. And you know, how, how do companies adjust through that kind of growth? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, <clears throat> I think the, the growth for this past year is it feels like you're on a roller coaster sometimes with all the different things that we're getting done. It, it, it's been really a, a great ride. But obviously, as everybody who's been in like the M&A space understands, the integration is tech is is crucial to the success of your growth, you know? And we've now put together a great um, integration team that's able to kind of help to blend these organizations together even faster and make sure that everybody feels part of the team. You know, I think sometimes growing at that fast of a pace and through acquisition and organic growth, you know, the concern can be, does the employee feel as if they're connected with the organization, you know? And one thing I have to say is, we have really focused in on how do we ensure that everybody is kind of onboarded and welcomed to the family in the same way, whether you were, you know, recruited and hired versus we were, we were acquired your business, you know, or you're one of the drivers that company was acquired and you've been with that company for 25 years. You know, I want to make sure, I know that we want to make sure that all those people feel welcome, you know, and, and understand that, you know, sometimes there are going to be kind of bumps in the road, but 
you probably were going to have those same bumps at your company before we came. <laughs> you know, I can say like at, at Strom, for instance, you know, there was always a lot of issues, you know, and I think people sometimes lose sight of in business in general, there's always going to be some issues and you can't sometimes, you sometimes will blame the acquisition for those issues or the new company for those issues. But they're probably issues that always may have existed prior and you just need to understand, hey, listen, you're cared about maybe even more now because we need you that much more, you know, so just making sure that the employees get that message that they're all part of a team uh, is really crucial, really in any organization, I would say. So you oversee municipal recycling and waste services for LRS. Within that space, what are some of your biggest concerns right now? And what would you say are some of the challenges that municipal recycling and waste has today? And how is LRS overcoming some of those challenges? Absolutely. So first and foremost, safety is is the most important thing that, that we can do in our industry. You know, safety of our customers, safety of our drivers. You know, we have all these vehicles on the street. And, you know, a lot of times incidents occur with with more of the rear loader garbage trucks and so we've been pushing more of a front load automated you know uh collection trucks which i think definitely reduces the the, the our, our incident rate you know so so that's one thing we definitely are looking at is where do we have these you know older kind of manual uh rear load trucks and can we swap them out with a front load you know automated truck and then um some of the other things is that I've been thinking about is the changing that's coming so quickly. You know, a couple of months ago, three, four months ago, you know, the, the recycling space was indifferent. Six months ago, it was really different. A year ago, it was horrible. Um, and now it's slowly been coming back. And so that's kind of something that we need to be cognizant of, of you know, this is a roller coaster, if you will, on the commodities market for the, the materials. And so when we're looking at municipalities that we service now and that we are going to service in the future, you know, how do we look at that? What is the value there, you know, and what is the risk that we're taking on? And we need to sometimes be more cognizant of just what that specifically is. And then our, and then do our municipalities, are they, are they our true partner, you know, or are they just looking at whatever is the cheapest and they don't care about the long-term of the recycling market and, and things like that. So those are things that I'm really thinking about a lot, definitely thinking about, you know, Waste diversion, you know, food scrap programs are becoming a massive conversation in almost every single municipality that I've talked to, you know, so how can we go ahead when maybe the back end infrastructure hasn't fully been developed yet? Uh, how do we go ahead and say, yeah, we can provide this service and then figure out the way on the on the back end uh, to make sure that it, it's getting to the right facility, you know, and, and having everything in place, because in some areas and some parts of the country, it's, it's just not existing yet at the moment, you know, so, so those are the things I think about a lot. And you mentioned that, yeah, the marketplace has certainly changed from six months ago, nine months ago, whatever, when it comes to commodities. So commodities are changing, but also I feel like that ties into contracts with municipalities that you service. So have you seen contracts with the municipalities that LRS and Rory Strom has serviced change today versus where they were a few years ago what looks different exactly one that i thought was really interesting and this has come up now in a couple contracts is with the whole conversation and we see where a lot of these plastics end up people are very 
aware of where 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 is this going you know i want to see something that shows that you're selling this product domestically and this is not going to end up in a river or a lake or an ocean somewhere you know and, and that was surprising to me quite frankly um to actually have to get letters of proof that show where our materials are going especially just because it was just very um you know interesting but i also think it's fantastic quite frankly being able to make sure that you know the haulers are doing their part to try to help to reduce you know the pollution that ends up in our oceans and and things like that i think are, are really um, astounding from the municipal perspective so those are some of the things that i've seen come in there i've also seen you know uh language about uh costs of recycling you know um certain we have to take you know maybe risk up to a certain percentage or the village funding the whole boat if it goes over a certain amount so just things like that you know um, and then in some cases you know if the village is making us build a resident directly versus one bill i mean those are kind of some of the the things that i've i've been seeing lately and and what's going to be interesting i think is you know fuel surcharges haven't been talked about much for maybe i mean close to 10 years fuel prices have been so low you know and all of a sudden now we're seeing you know, four or five dollars a gallon, you know, at the pumps, it's it's something that I've not been, I've been caught off guard, quite frankly. And also, we've been thinking about uh, electric trucks is another thing that that pops in my head really quickly here is, you know, you got Mac now has uh, one truck that's electric. And as the range comes for that, maybe that's something too that municipalities start to look at instead of the CNG um, or diesel, you know, as it becomes more practical. Got it. Now, Something that we've heard from a lot of readers recently is just that labor seems to be a big challenge and was throughout 2021 and probably could remain a challenge this year. So what advice would you give to companies in the waste and recycling space on hiring and recruiting just either the next generation of the industry or just roles that they have to fill? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's such a challenge right now, you know, and, and I don't think it's going to get much better anytime soon. You know, I think when you talk about the waste industry, specifically in markets that are, you know, maybe unionized, the wages are so fantastic, you know, and I, and I, and I think that people, maybe young people now don't realize the opportunity that they have in, in kind of the, um, you know, the industrial, you know, roles, you know, we had, um, I think back on, on some of the Strom guys, you know, they've been in the business for 20, 30 years, and they've got three, four kids that graduated out of college, you know, and, and they've got a fantastic life. And um, I, I don't know how well our schools advertise those types of things. So some of the things I've been thinking about kind of putting that HR hat on, you know, I was actually the other day talking to a young person that uh, graduated um, through a technical school out of high school as a, you know, a stylist or beautician or whatever it is. And, uh, she said, oh, yeah, you know, I, I got a job at 18 uh, working at this this place now and I've got my own car, I live on my own. Everything's great. And I thought we need to get a hold of this technical school and see if they can start teaching maybe driver school for CDL training, you know, and open up that pathway for young people to get into our industry quickly as a young at a young age. And they can realize how, how many doors open for them. You know, and I think as our workforce continues to age, we're going to see more and more of a challenge. So that's like one of the things that we uh, that I'm we've kind of been talking about doing. 
Uh, we've met with a few other technical schools that we have implemented things like that, where we'll work with them on getting their CDL. And then also, you know, we've, we've worked with, uh, you know, a few different recruiting firms that are able to bring in kind of quickly, you know, use that targeting on social media and all that, that uh, fun stuff there and, and bring applications in rather quickly. But I think also one of the things that sometimes gets forgotten is that in most cases you have the employees there. Retention is a huge conversation. So it's not just, well, we can't find the workers. It's when we have them, how do we treat them? How do we retain them? And so I want to just make sure that our managers, our operations managers, supervisors understand that these are valuable assets that you have working with you every single day. So make sure they understand that and make sure you let them know how valuable they are. Because if they know that, in many cases, they're, like I said earlier, more loyal to you and your organization if they understand that they are valued. Right. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, George. It was great talking with you.